Welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan. Do you ever feel like you're waiting on a permission slip to live the life you want? If you answered yes, then you are in the right spot. Each week, I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. Today's interview is part of a self-care series called Life in Full Bloom, Living from the Inside Out, and I am delighted to introduce my guest today. Isaiah Bell Gabrielle is a mixed-media spiritual artist and a magico-pragmatic mindset coach, goddess teacher, and traveling priestess. She has been working with the Divine Feminine and the Greek goddess archetypes for over 20 years in real life and online and has facilitated women's circles, red tents, artist workshops, and sacred retreats all over the world to attune her clients with the divine feminine so they feel supported, live their best life, and raise the vibration of the planet as a whole. Isaiah, thanks so much for joining me today. So happy to be here. So Thank you for having me. Now, you are in Greece, is that right? Is that minute, where you live right now? At this minute, I am in Greece for a month or rather six weeks, but I permanently reside in France. So I live in oh, France okay. between, uh, in the southwest of France. But at this minute, I'm in Greece by the sea, and I'm spending some time swimming every day, like a crazy woman. <laughs> I'm a sea person, so I, with uh, the pandemic, I've missed the sea very much, so I'm really happy to be here. Well, I have a friend that's on vacation in Greece, and she's been posting all these pictures on Facebook, and it looks so beautiful. It it's is. definitely on my bucket it list. Is. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm actually Greek. I was born in Greece, and all my mother lineage comes, comes from Greece. And so when I can't come for a while, I kind of really, really miss it. It's like, yeah, part of my home and my heart live here. <laughs> so I'm Ex- happy to be here right now. Exactly. Well, I start off the podcast with the same question, and that is, what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? Well, uh, it's really interesting because I think we're going to be talking about that all through the podcast, actually, because when I read the title of your podcast, I thought, hey, this is my business, (laughs) exploring the seasons of life. I came to realize, uh, I'm 54 years old, I am now in perimenopause, and I came to realize a few years ago that there were literally seasons in women's lives that were taking it in turn to live in our bodies, kind of. And that is what I teach, that is what I do. So it literally means for me connecting to the seasons of our bodies for women and to start with to the menstrual cycle. And there is, for me, there's a reflection, a circle in a circle in a circle, if you wish. If I start with my body and a monthly or rather almost monthly menstrual cycle. So I have four seasons in this cycle and which I can go in depth. And there are four basic archetypes, 
that inhabit this circle. And then we have a bigger circle that is the moon circle, which is a reflection of that one. And then we have another bigger circle that is the year with the seasons that are still, again, a reflection of the menstrual cycle. And then we have an even bigger circle, which is my lifespan. And again, we have the four seasons, which are the maiden, the mother, the enchantress and the crone, which take it in turn to dance into my monthly cycle, into the moon cycle, into the sun cycle through the year and into my life and yours <laughs> as women uh, through the, the, um, the, the lifespan that we are um, gifted in on this planet. So for me, what does it mean? It means connecting with the cycle that is ingrained in my body and feeling it and seeing how magic it is, how much power there is, how much energy and how much I can also rest in it or on it kind of, you know, I, it can support me. Um, and instead of maybe while I was ignoring it, which I was, <laughs> um, and, and that meant me going against the flow of life, basically. And so for now, the exploring of the seasons is literally learning how each season, whether it's a weekly one in the monthly cycle or a bigger one, uh, has got so many gifts. So each season has got so many gifts. And if I can connect with those gift and gifts and with each archetype, um, my life and my business, and I run my business by the moon cycle, so <laughs> with the seasons also, I'm actually prepping a conference about the autumn goddesses. So, you know, it's like literally that's my job, <laughs> exploring the seasons and helping women to discover them. And if I do that or when I do that, um, everything is so much simpler and so much more joyful and easy um, to just yeah, allow this going with the flow of the seasons um, of, of the year, of the month, and of the life. I love that. I, I haven't had anybody on that to reference the menstrual cycle um, when we talked about that. And, I, and, and as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, oh, as a younger woman, wouldn't it have been so much easier to have understood that? Oh, my God, That, yes. that menstrual cycle had its own seasons. Oh, my God, absolutely. Yeah, it's, a, it's one of the things that, you know, I kind of almost regret. I'm not a regret person, so I don't spend that much time regretting. But I, it really is one of the, of the things that pushes me to teach that because there are still young women who have no clue and with modern medicine and mostly medicine that um, will um, make so that women don't have children basically which you know is, is is a perfectly understandable choice but some of them complete some of these medications completely diminish the feeling of the menstrual cycle and then women are lost as in they don't understand what's going on and so I feel like yeah it's it's um I would, there's a lot of things there that I would have loved to know before. So that's why I'm teaching them now. Well, and, and I know that it's got to be so beneficial to you to be able to teach, well, not only older women, but especially the younger women who, who have no clue about what each of those seasons are in that cycle. Absolutely. I just remember, 
I just remember when, you know, when I would be on my cycle, just feeling moody and crying and, you know, but I didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, And it's like, again, you know, if we don't spend some time getting to know this cycle and getting to know these four archetypes that take it in turn to dance in our life every month, uh, we kind of feel lost and we start, we might even start um, something of, of the of the area of self-hatred, you know, because I don't understand this moody person or this uh, crying little bitch, <laughs> you know, and this annoying person that is, what, what is she doing every month, you know, coming at regular intervals into my life? And uh, that's why getting to know them, the four basic archetypes, and getting to know them in an intimate way, like spending time with them and allowing for each of their qualities to be um, lived and experienced every month. And then, again, in a larger cycle of every year and every li- in, in lifespan, it's like, um, for instance, you know, one, one of the things that comes to mind immediately is there's a, a lot of, um, in our modern societies, the Western ones, I'm not going to go into Eastern society because I'm, I'm not living there, so I don't know. But in the Western world, there's a lot of emphasis on youth and on, on not aging. But that means making two of the, of the archetypes kind of disappear, you know, and that obviously cannot be healthy. <laughs> you know, we can't just say, okay, out of the two, of the four, there's two that we're going to just bin. <laughs> and then we get lost, you know. Uh, and on the monthly, you know, if I, if I, if, if that's okay, I can just go into a little explanation. So, oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, for, for a monthly menstrual cycle, uh, there are four archetypes. Um, we usually start, and these are part the teachings of a, an, an admirable woman called Miranda Gray, who's a British woman, who's wrote and taught about the menstrual cycle for over 40 years now, and whose students I used to be. So uh, the first, we usually start talking about the maiden. So the maiden archetype is connected with the pre-ovulation phase, with the springtime, with the waxing, waxing moon, with... Um, uh, the rising tide. So the energy of this maiden is, well, she's a maiden. She's full on, right? She, she's alive and kicking. She wants, she's dynamic. She's got energy, endless energy, and she's got ideas. She's kind of selfish though. She wants to go, 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 go. And she's, she's not really concerned about other people. And she, for a week, she, she can just literally, you know, push you towards whatever your goals are in life. And this energy is, is so powerful and so great to be harnessed. Now, the problem with the maiden, there are, there are obviously issues, a problem with each archetype. That's why we have four. We have four and, and we, can, you know, we can balance them. But one of the problems with the maiden is that she is so fashionable, let's put it this way, in our Western world because she is goal-oriented, she's dynamic, Basically, what I am describing is someone who has a very masculine energy. So guess what? <laughs> in this masculine world, she's overexcited. She's overused. She is, um, and women pull on her, pull on her so much. Because in the corporate world, it, you, that's how you have to be. So 24-7, 365 days a year, 
You know, you have to be efficient, dynamic, goal-oriented, blah, blah, blah. You have to be a maiden every day. And what happens is it's not possible for women. So they burn out. So they get tired. They get exhausted because they lose the other three archetypes. And so that's one of the dangers, let's put it this way, of overpowering one archetype over the, the other three. I can also go one step further, and I am not a doctor, so don't take my advice. This is just my personal opinion and feeling that there are so many diseases for women, mostly young women now, that are related to the womb. And for me, they are related to an overuse of the maiden archetype. And then the womb starts saying, nope. And we have fibromyalgia or endometriosis or diseases that will literally make the woman stop, <laughs> you know, kind of, okay, you don't want to hear? Let me stop you in your tracks with pain. And so that's one of the dangers of the maiden. Now, the next archetype is the mother. She is connected with the full moon. She's connected with the ovulation phase in our menstrual cycle, connected with the summer, so with this all fertility and this um, giving and with the high tide. And so she's really, well, the mother, like this is a very common archetype. We kind of know her. She's giving. She is um, not selfish. She is generous. Um, and she um, is, is so concerned about everybody's uh, happiness that she might, again, get a little too um, tired on, you know, not taking care of herself. Uh, but she has... Again, she has this creativity, this fertility, and this abundance in her that is such a great um, place to be for a woman. And, you know, uh, we can experience that one week every month. And again, uh, during the summer and during uh, um, the course of our, of our lives, it's the, the face of our lives for women who have chosen to have children where we actually dedicate our time to be a mother. Um, the... the Issues or dangers of the mother, as I was saying, was again, exhaustion, burnout, too much giving away and not taking care of myself, not enough selfishness, let's put it this way. Um, the, the third archetype is, so these two, the first two that I've talked about, are generally quite well accepted in society. We're okay with them. We can have them and that's okay. Now, the other two, not at all. <laughs> and, and you're going to see why it's really easy to understand so the next one is the enchantress she's sometimes also called the queen but I prefer the enchantress she's connected with the post-ovulation phase with the autumn so with this season right we're now in enchantress season um, she's connected with the uh, waning moon and with the tide I don't know how you say that with the ebb basically the ebb um and what her thing is all about is that she is every uh, every month for women who are uh, menstruating this is the part of the month where you can actually have intercourse without conceiving a baby there is no egg anymore so you are kind of free so imagine for our ancestors this is the time when um, you have women are magic, basically. 
they can they can have sex and they're not producing babies so it's like how do they do this you know if we are not aware of the medical and the anatomical explanation it literally it feels like magic you know from this woman and so that's the enchantress she is really powerful as for uh, creating magic and that's why we have autumn the season of magic with halloween and all the you know all the witch thingies <laughs> and so um for me this is one of the it's the most unknown archetype uh she's usually connected with as i was saying with the post ovulation phase which is just the phase just before menstruation so that means it's also the phase what we call pms right <laughs> so that's the moody um annoying person and if we're talking in, in uh, of the cycle as a cycle of light uh, if we take it for the moon for instance so the full moon has gone now and we're on the waning moon phase so we're going towards the darkness and that's the enchantress she's going towards the winter towards the darkness the thing is the maiden is going towards the light right so it's it's uplifting the the enchantress is going towards the darkness so we have this not so joyful ride right <laughs> we know where we start we're in the light but we don't really know where we're going we're going into the darkness where who knows what might happen usually most women are not comfortable with their enchantress mostly also because not only is she going downwards let's put it this way but also she is not going on a regular downwards path she will have peaks of energy where she will be creative and magic and then she will have lows where she will have moods and <laughs> angers and or she will just want to rest for a while so this um up and down energy is really not um valued in the world in the in the, in the business corporate world or more generally you know we want women we would hope for women to be nice and and polite not screaming and having you know perks of creativity and the magic part is always dangerous you know magic is always being considered dangerous when women were thought to be magic they were literally hanged for being witches so it's like you know it's not um it's never been good for women to be magic or to be treated as magic so that's the enchantress um which has who has so much to offer to us because she has this um she's fearless right she's going into the darkness and she's fearless she's going there and this fearlessness we need this we need in the world uh, but she is very very undervalued and that's what i was saying at the beginning when you know that i would have these moods and i would be crying but yet didn't know why but i was searching for Tylenol or something to to stop it. Absolutely. And the thing is, you know, the enchantress, she has this, but she also has so many superpowers like fearlessness and like the 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 ability to create magic in our lives. She has this potential to be able to face the darkness. So that's working with our shadows, going into the places that are not comfortable and coming out of them. a new person you know just like in autumn everything dies uh, the trees fall from the leaves and we have to let go of stuff that's the enchantress 
th th this is her call also to dare and and let the things die to dare and face our crap basically and work with our shadow and go through that rebirth rebirth thing that will happen in the next phase because the next phase is the face of the crone and so um, the crone is that sage old wise woman that might be a witch <laughs> um, you know and she's she's The, the crone is connected with the, the bleeding period, so the menstruation itself, with the dark moon, which I call the dark moon rather than new moon because the dark moon is a phase that encompasses the end of the waning, waning moon and the, the actual pause in the darkness and the start of the new moon. So that's why I call it the dark moon. So that, that's connected with the crown. Then we have low tide, And we have the winter season. So all these, um, so the crone, the crone's appeal, the, her her demand, her cry is for solitude, for solitude in the darkness. She is not so much interested in the outside world. She is concerned with the inside world, with her inner world, with uh, journaling, with reflecting, with sleeping, even resting. Imagine a seed in winter, right? It's underground. It seems to be doing nothing. But we all know that it's not doing nothing. It's getting ready for spring. So that's the crone. And again, she's so necessary. You know, this resting period, this inner world turning period is so important to have monthly for women. So, like, you know, each, each of the archetypes... Roughly is seven days long, so one week of each. So one week of darkness is crucial. That's where all the magic happens. We all know that if there wasn't any winter, uh, there is no way there can be a summer. You know, uh, nature needs some rest. But again, the crone is such a rejected archetype by society. Imagine if all women saying, oh, yep, um, I'll take your job offer, Mr. Whatever. But one week a month, I will stay at home and talk to my inner world. <laughs> Just imagine, you know, yeah, this is not doable, right? And I'm not saying that every woman should do that, right? I'm just saying if you get acquainted with your cycle, you can know that during the crone period, for instance, the crone time, you just take more time to rest. You calculate in your head. You plan to have more sleeping hours to allow for less dinner parties, to allow for less um, excitement and for more inner time. It doesn't mean to say that you have to lock yourself in a cave for a week every month, obviously. But it's just how can we um, really um, give each of the archetypes a voice every month during every year so imagine a um, um, maiden during the actual springtime she is full on <laughs> and if the if the moon is waxing then it's even better you have three maidens you know one on top of the other uh, and the, the reverse if you have three crones like you are menstruating it's winter and the, it's the dark moon the level of energy that you have available for the outside world is no, zero. <laughs> you just have to stay at home. But it's not every month. It's not every week. It's just how can we get to know these women 
or these archetypes and allow them to be to be yeah to be vocal and to take some of the lead in our lives and i just want to mention because i am not a cyclic woman anymore because i'm now in perimenopause i'm still i'm not bleeding anymore but i'm still in the perimenopause phase which would be the the phase of the enchantress by the way um we count we usually consider that the crone phase in the lifespan starts 10 to 12 years after you stop bleeding until then you're still in the perimenopause enchantress phase and i just want to say for women who are not bleeding anymore whatever the reason they still are cyclic women one cyclic forever cyclic you can just connect to the round thing in the sky <laughs> and that uh, that is my for me i know that it's the full moon in a couple of days and next tuesday i'm not mistaken and i know that i can feel this maiden energy is now turning into mother i feel like uh, and i thought that it was very appropriate to me to come on this podcast and teach and give to generously <laughs> uh, on the mother face and so it doesn't mean you know because some of us we've kind of missed um i started learning about the archetypes and the cycle i was almost done bleeding but it's never too late and it's never too late to connect with this cyclic nature uh on a monthly and yearly and lifetime basis Isaiah, i have so many <laughs> so many questions that are popping up but the first one is are there ages for those archetypes like i i For example, I always thought a crone was like when you're getting late 50s, 60s. It it depends, you know. I think it's it doesn't, you know, it's not like an age uh strictly an age thing for every woman. We have okay. a whole general idea. So if we go for the maiden, <clears throat> the maiden would be from when you start menstruating, obviously, because before that you're not a woman, you're a girl. So when from the instant you start menstruating to the the time you become a mother so whether you become or if you do become a mother and if you don't i mean become an um, an anatomical mother if you don't either uh, adopt or have a baby um there is still a moment in your in our lives that we switch to the mother archetype um and that's usually when we start working full time and that we start having this um when our energy is focused more outwards the maiden just like the crown is really kind of inwards you know a selfish let's put it this way um the mother energy is when we start to direct our energy outwards and try to start to give so um even if you don't become an actual mother the mother energy kicks in somewhere there so somewhere around in your 20s i guess but it depends on which women uh, on 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 yeah various women change at various times then we consider the perimenopausal phase to be the start of the enchantress so that starts depends again you know when some women start stop bleeding very very young i have a, a friend who stopped bleeding at 31 so she was really menopausal really soon so her enchantress had a long lifespan basically <laughs> um i personally start, stopped bleeding 2 years ago so and the enchantress phase starts a few years before we actually start 
um, stop bleeding. So it can be when we start experiencing irregular cycles or the the side effects of menopause, you know, the, the sweats and whatever. Um, and then this entrenches phase lasts after uh, you actually stop bleeding. Um, and at some point, I've not, I'm not there, so I can't really say, but <laughs> women who are they there are saying that at some point, something kicks in of less of a, yeah, the, the, the focus changes from the outside to the inside again. And that can be either late 50s or 60s, or for some women it can be very much later. Uh, some women have very, very active and outward lives until very late, and they turn into the crone archetype very, very late. Some others earlier on, depends, you know. Um, it's really difficult and uh, to, to give a precise age. It's mostly, once again, linked to our bodies, our emotions, our energy. It's very individual. But, you know, you have right, a pain. I, <laughs> I appreciate you going through that because you've gone through, you know, a lot of information, you know, about those archetypes that I had never heard before. So I'm loving it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really so, happy to be, you know, uh, spreading the word. One thing that maybe we can do for our listeners is talk about what an archetype is. So you're talking about the archetypes. Could we just talk about what an archetype Absolutely. actually is? Absolutely. Uh, I always kind of, you know, we kind of forget to teach the basics. <laughs> so an archetype is something, uh, let's talk about a person for now, that you know about even if you don't know about. So if I say, for instance, the princess in your head, you immediately have a vision of what a princess is, right? She has this big yes. dress, crown, blah, blah, blah. She's a little naive, and there's obviously a prince somewhere coming to rescue her, basically. So you have this idea. So this is the princess archetype. So it's, it's a general idea that we all know about, even if we don't know it. So the, the, when I was saying the mother archetype earlier on, you know what a mother is. Everybody knows what a mother is. Now, if I say it's an archetype, you immediately have a vision in your head of what a mothering archetype would be. So the other ones, the maiden, the enchantress, the crone, they might be less known. But still, I'm pretty sure that if we take time to learn about them, we can feel that we remember them. And that's the power of the archetype. It's kind of, I don't, even if I don't know, I will remember whenever I'm taught uh, whenever I'm told about them. So, for instance, I also work with a Greek goddesses archetype because I'm Greek. <laughs> and when I was a little kid, my mom used to um, tell, tell me the stories about the Greek goddesses and, and so on. I, had, I, I actually had Barbie dolls named Aphrodite and Athena. <laughs> and they had, you know, they had their own stories that were not all strictly... Uh, by the book. <laughs> um, and so the Greek goddesses, or any other goddesses for that sake, again, they have, they are, they cons constitute an archetype. So we have, um, you know, the goddess of love. Immediately you have in your head something that is the goddess of love because they've been around for five, six, seven thousand years. The same with the, the basic feminine archetypes that we were talking about earlier on, maiden uh, and the rest. They have been around for a long time. They are connected to our bodies. And even if I don't know, there is a general 
unconscious knowledge uh, and feeling of them. And that's what is an archetype. The concept has been developed by uh, a psychoanalyst called Jung, uh, Carl Jung, very early in the 19th, in the 20th century, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but uh, there are so many archetypes, you know. The, it, Disney movies are made basically only on archetypes, you know, the, the bad guy, or, you know, the, the evil guy. That's also an archetype. We all know what, um, um, you know, in the James Bond movies, we have a very, very bad guy. We all know what that is. So there are so many archetypes, and they constitute the kind of the basis of our culture, uh, of a general culture. And they don't, they're not linked to one country or even one culture. They transcend that. Obviously, there are some archetypes that are only connected to one culture. Um, the I don't know if I'm going to go for the butterfly maiden. She is one archetype that is connected to a Navajo, uh, a Native American tradition. She is she kind of belongs to that tradition, and maybe we know her less, but they do. Right. So, so, so an archetype. It's kind of like symbolizing a universal truth. Yeah. Or a, exactly. universal a universal human experience. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Okay. It can be a, uh, it can be also called like a, a, a symbol or you know or a metaphor for a human experience or for a persona, depending. You yeah. Know. I, I just wanted to just kind of talk about what an archetype is as we were going through. Absolutely. Um, talking about the um, you know the maiden, the mother, and and the the Greek goddesses, but also. I want to just jump back just a little bit in your bio, talk about magico pragmatic. Yes, I'm a coach. And okay, <laughs> I'm a coach. I was going to ask you pragmatic coach. Yes, I run. Um, so I work one to one with clients, women. I also and try and help them attune with all these archetypes that we've been talking about. But I also run uh, online programs. Um, and I consider I name myself a magical pragmatic coach. So I am magic. I've got the woo-woo. I'm a spiritual coach. I communicate with the goddess. Uh, they download stuff to me. You know, people communicate with archangels or they have spirit teams. I personally have conversation with the Greek goddesses. You know, <laughs> don't search it too much. You know, that's my kind of weird. Um, and so this is the magic part, the mindset part, if you want. And then but I also believe very strongly that if we don't ground everything into our daily life, into something very pragmatic, um, nothing is happening. We can't just check. We're not walking heads, right? We are incarnated souls and we inhabit a body. And everything that we want to achieve in our life, that we want to change in our life, that we don't like, we have to go through the, that, that's the pragmatic part. We have to go through pragmatic and practical changes. You know, if I want to be fitter, I can dream about being fitter as much as I want. If I don't move my little arse from the couch, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> so I'm a mixture of those two things. I will accompany women on their mindset, but also give them tips or tasks that are very pragmatic. So that's um, my particular brand of magic crazy. <laughs> I love it. Can you talk a little bit about how we can use 
the Greek goddesses or the the archetypes that you just went through and use those to like really change our lives? Just maybe two or three tips that yeah, we could yes. use. So I'll th- I think I'll stick for today. I'll stick to the uh, basic feminine archetypes because I think it's so important that women get connected. So what I did uh, to start with is get to know them. So, you know, like get the knowledge around them. But then it's it's about how can I... Um, adjust my life to follow this cycle. So how can I do the things? For instance, I used to have, uh, well, I still I still do, as a matter of fact, I have um, free webinars every month. I have a free webinar to talk about this or that subject. I always program these webinars to be on when I'm in a mother archetype, when I'm in a mother thing, because this is when I'm the most giving person where it's the most easy for me to be in this delivering, giving, teaching position. If I try to do that when I'm in a crown energy, I will just, it will just be painful and heavy and it will take so much of my, use so much of my energy. Whereas when I'm in a mother energy, I can be way more productive and um, turn towards the exterior and the teaching and the generosity of giving. So how can we, one tip is just attune with the energy and don't try to go against the flow as much as you can. You know, if you have something that needs a lot of energy, a lot of focus, do it in your maiden phase. Do it in your maiden phase. If you if you want to clean your house, do it in the maiden phase. She will clean your house in five minutes. If you try to have a crown clean your house, She will take five hours because she will rest. (laughs) She will go and play video games. She will read a book. She will phone a friend. She will complain about how heavy it is to clean the house. So it's literally, that's what I'm saying. It's really pragmatic things. You know, attune to the energy and use it to your benefit. Use it to be the more profitable, not as in money profitable, but, uh, you know, and, and if you're going to be creating magic, do that in your enchantress face. If you want to manifest things in your life and you want to call upon the energy of the universe and do some um, law of attraction stuff, do that in your enchantress face. It's there, there's, it's, it comes naturally, you know. Uh, if you want to do rituals or meditations, uh, do them when you're in a crone or enchantress face. Uh, and and if you look into, you know, the, the classic witches' books or anything, you will find that all the rituals are done at the ba- at the dark moon or you know, <laughs> basically what I'm saying. So uh, use these energies, um, get to know them. That's the first thing. Really get to know them in depth. Not not only from me talking to your brain, but feel them. Give yourself so make um, make you can make a cyclic calendar every day to write down which are are the, the days of your cycle, and do that for a couple of months or three months so that you know in which phase you are, and then try seeing the patterns and feeling what does the this maiden want you to do? What is she okay to push you to do? And listen to her. And if you can work hand in hand with each of the archetypes you will get a, such a different experience of life. And the, it is a radical change because you never feel like you're going against the flow anymore. You're feeling that your life is flowing in the right direction and you are 
in control and you're not fighting each of the archetypes, you know, mostly the, the two unloved ones that I mentioned earlier on, so the Enchantress and the Crone. And when you're in, a, in your crone phase, take a rest, take rest as much as you can. So if you're not um, ministrating anymore, how do you know what phase you are? Should you just follow the moon? Yes. So the, the, you should just follow the moon and see if it's good for you. Sometimes it's not, and you have to kind of reverse the phases with the moon, but start with following the moon, and that's how you do it. So you take the full moon. So this is the day of the full moon. And you will take three days before and three days after. And so that's seven days, right, with the actual day. And this is the mother phase. You do the exact same trick with the dark moon. You say you take the day of the new moon, three days before, three days after. That's another seven days. And so you have your crone face. In between those two faces, you have the maiden face uh, at the waxing moon position. And the uh, enchantress face at the waning moon position. And that's it. It's not, you know, it's not science or math. So sometimes it's four days. Sometimes it's three days. You have to allow for your body also to kind of know it. Um, one good way to know if you're right, although I don't like the word right, but if you're connecting, is the biggest switch is from crone to maiden. Because you're there in your darkness, quietly resting and thinking about your inner world. And suddenly, here comes the maiden, kicks in, and wants, wants to go out, walk, wash the house, create a new project. And so this switch is really, if you listen, it's really you can feel it. You can really feel it. The, the instant where you're done resting, it's like, okay, forget it. I don't want to be on the couch anymore. And this, this switch is a good um, indicator that you are starting a maiden period. And, you know, it, it starts all over again every month. So if you miss it this month, try next month. So you said we're fixing to come into the full moon. We are. And, and so that would be the mother. Yes. So, and that would be how to bring that mother archetype in. And I was looking at this a little earlier before we got on the call, it could be um, exploring our creativity, maybe? Would that be? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the, the writing, the singing, the cooking. Absolutely. This is the phase where you want to be, or, or you're called, you're invited to, you don't have to, obviously, but you are invited to explore how you can be creative, fertile in a way, right? Even if it's not fertile as making a new baby. <laughs> but fertile in, in the world. So, and usually with other people. So, you know, go and, and see if you can participate in a singing group or an art group, or um, if you're, if that's your business, this is where you put your classes uh, or your art classes. If you're an art teacher, if you're a coach and you run programs, this is the mother phase is when you actually share your programs when they start um, so that you use this uh, generosity, creativity, energy and harness it for your own business or life. And I can feel it. I can feel myself in that creative space right now. Absolutely. And I can tell you that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was supposed to be launching something that we did not, it wasn't, it was a collective project. 
and with um, a bunch of friends and we did not plan on the on the cycle on the menstrual cycle or the moon cycle when we put the dates on and it was so hard because I was in Crone and it was like oh, no I just want to stay on the couch <laughs> I don't want to go live on Facebook and talk about this no way now these days I'm I'm launching a project this Tuesday and I am I'm I'm no problem going live two three times a day if necessary because I feel it it's all right um, and that's why I'm saying that it radically change your, changes your life it creates a place in your life where you feel aligned all the time. And so that's, and that's awesome. <laughs> and that's what we're wanting to be in that alignment to Absolutely. that whole ebb and flow. Absolutely. And for me, it's, it's such a shame that, you know, it, it's often presented as a complicated thing, you know, to become in alignment, but it's not, it's just go back to your body and listen to your body. If you if your body is not bleeding anymore, listen to the moon with it, and just stay close to that. And use harness these superpowers. I'm not joking. You know, each of the, the crone she can create in her head. She can plan in, during the winter. I I usually fill up my journals like a crazy woman with plans for at least another three years because I allow the crone to dream and to imagine and to set up intentions for the year to come. And if you can do that, then, you, you, you know, then the maiden will kick in and she will create the project. She will, you know, she will do it. And then the mother will kick in and she will sell the project. I mean, like diffuse the project to the outside world. And the enchantress will do the magic and well, you get the money, basically, <laughs> if you're talking about business, right? So then right. there is a cycle like this that we can literally use and it's not complicated, it's not hidden, or is it maybe hidden in plain sight? I am so glad that we've talked about this because I feel like maybe I have been fighting against certain energy levels or cycles in my life and maybe pushing when I should be pulling back and pulling back when I should be pushing. I think that it's it's so many of us, you know, I'm, I'm not trying here to pretend that I've got everything sorted out. It took me years and I'm still working on it. And but it's and it's sometimes the, the world around does not agree because this or that, because, uh, you know, work, work or whatever life uh, pushes you into the right direction, into the wrong direction. Sorry. But it's a question of how fast can I just say, hey, I know why I'm feeling like crap today it's because I'm trying to do something that is not aligned with my what my body feels and with my energy levels so hmm, maybe I can reassess and change for today and do it tomorrow or do it in two days um, I remember saying to a friend okay listen we have to redo all of this website because it's not good but I'm not going to try it today I'm going to wait four days then the maiden will kick in she will do it in a day if I try to push my crown to do that, it's going to be hell. Nothing's going to be working. <laughs> and indeed, you know, it's like, why should I put myself through the trouble of, of trying to do it the reverse way, kind of, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And, but, and, and again, it's, it's um, even for me, and I've been working for, 
for 20 years around <laughs> with this for 20 years and I've been teaching that for 20 years and even for me it's still a learning process because we are not taught that as kids we are not taught that by our mothers this is a tradition that has been lost and that's why I think it's so important that people like me go on and teach it again uh, yeah. and there it's the one thing I want to say is really it's never too late whether you have stopped bleeding for 10 years, whether you have had an operation and do not have a uterus anymore, it's never too late. We are energetically cyclic and we will stay for life. And connecting with this cycle will change your life. So now, we, so I know that you're a coach. Who do you like to work with and who would you say that you're for? Who would you, who would you be calling in as your as your client. So that's always the difficult part. I am, you know, let's put it this way. So first, I work with women because I believe this is my mission. It's like I, I actually have a husband and two sons and who are very old now, like 25 and 20, <laughs> grown up completely. Uh, but when they were little, I that's how I started working with the feminine and the divine feminine is I felt like I was surrounded by men and masculine energy. I was working uh, in a masculine environment, I had um, a husband and two sons. And I thought, who the hell am I talking? I'm going to be talking bras about with, <laughs> you know, is there anyone? And so I started, you know, investigating the feminine. Uh, and I, I understood that it was my mission to talk to women. So I, I work with women or people who identify as women. Uh, I That's my first thing. The sec second thing would be I work with women who are ready to change, who are not happy where they are, but are really ready to change. I am not interested in um, in just, you know, kind of taping the little mistakes. I am interested in helping you change your life if you say that you will. And that first means allowing the change and getting, you know, accepting that we're going to have to get out of our comfort zones and go investigate something different that might be really hidden in plain sight, as I was saying, or sometimes a little deeper. That's why I work with the Greek goddesses archetypes who um, embody um, or incarnate different energies uh, that appear in women's lives. Um, and so they can also be a help to investigate where we can, we need some more balance. So, uh, between work and, and play, between family and friends, between all those things, uh, because women wear so many hats, so many hats. <laughs> they have so many things to do <laughs> in their lives, and so I'm trying to help them out. Um, and I am—I only work with women who um, believe in magic, believe that yes, it can happen. That it's not. Uh, that there is a practical, as I was saying, a very pragmatic, practical aspect to life, but there is also an invisible, energetic magic in life that we can make things happen. I believe that I create my reality every day, and I believe that we all do. And I'm not here to convince you that this is true. If you don't feel it, then that's fine, but we're not meant to work together. So I think that's you know, and, and for the rest, I don't care if you're blonde or not, <laughs> or white or American or whatever. You know, these are the main, I think these are the basic things. Uh, you know, that I've had a business coach earlier on in my career, 
who said, you need to go for an ideal client avatar. What does she look like and everything? And I said, and I said yeah, well, she looks like a woman. <laughs> and, you know, and that's about it. You know, I don't care about the rest. But the things I told you, I do care. You know, um, Right. Um, and I believe that you cannot change your life if you don't believe that you can change it. To start with. Oh, that is so true. <laughs> yeah. oh, that was if good. you're absolutely convinced that this is what's been dealt for you, that this is what life, the universe, God, whatever, has thrown to you, and this is how it's going to happen, then you are absolutely right. You cannot change your life. And it's no use coming to giving me money to help you out because I'm not going to be able to. I believe that we create our reality, and if we create a reality where we are a victim of circumstances, where we are not able to change anything, well, then that's what happens to us. And I used to be this person, so just changed my mind really radically <laughs> because it, it happened, you know. Um, I met people, I, I, start, I changed my beliefs, and I saw that I am creating my reality. I'm actually living my dream life now, which is like, what? I, you know, I barely believe it myself. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your website? How can people find you? So my website is Isaiah, so my name, and then Bell, B-E-L-L-E, IsaiahBell.com. And you will find everything on it including all my socials. And basically, my all my socials are under Isaiah Bell. So, you know, wherever you can find me, I'm there under this name. So it's kind of easy to find, to stalk me. Um, and I love making new friends, so please do. <laughs> and the first and thing that I would recommend if you want to know what, what, um, what I am about is I have a free goddess quiz that you can take on my website. Uh, and that will help you define which goddess with which of the eight Greek goddesses archetypes I work with is right for you right now. So wh whose energy do you need now? And so you can take that on my, it's on my website. It's all over my socials generally. And that is free. And that will give you a little insight of uh, both which goddess is good for you today, but it can change tomorrow uh, and what I do. All right. And I'll put all that in the show notes, oh, thank but you. I have Amazing. one last question. <laughs> what would you tell your 18 year old about the season of life you're in right now? It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> really, I, You know, because I, I think when I was 18 year old, I, uh, or maybe not 18, but 19 or 20, I believe that this was the best phase. And that after that was all downwards, basically. And I've changed my mind really drastically. I think that um, there is so much to be lived uh, at all ages. I feel like I've been gifted uh, or I created for myself, who knows, uh, a life that each episode, each um, energy, I've lived fully. So I was a mother with so much joy. I was a maiden with so much joy. And I am now experiencing an enchantress with so much joy. So, yeah, I think I would have told her, um, just get going. Uh, every face is going to be fun and dramatic because life is not, you know, uh, so um, it's not one color. It's not black or white. It's just every every color. Absolutely. I just said last night to my partner, I said, 
because my birthday's coming up in December. So I always get a little, you know, I reflect back on my life. And I said to him, I can't believe that time has gone by so fast. And, and it's not that that I don't want to get older. That's not it at all. It's just amazing to me. One day you're 20 years old and the next day, it seems the next day you're 60. It goes by in such a flash. I had such a shock when this summer my my eldest son turned 25. It's like, what? (laughs) When? (laughs) When did that happen? You know, and it's like, you know, I remember him being a baby and that was five minutes ago, basically. So it's like, hmm, what? So, yeah, maybe that's another thing that um, I could tell my 18-year-old is enjoy. Enjoy every, every second of it, including the crap, because it's not coming back. It doesn't mean that there isn't more joy along the way, you know. But, um, yeah, and sometimes I was such a serious young person. You know, I took everything so seriously. I think I, more enjoyment would be good for her. <laughs> my maiden was really a serious person. She thought everything was so important and crucial. Relax. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good one as well. Relax. Yeah. And enjoy. Well, enjoy. I, I, I've, I've come to believe that the basic value, my basic thermometer in life is joy. Is this joyful? Yeah, I'll do it. Is it not? I'll try my best not to do it. You know. Um, I have a, a very, very good friend whose motto is, could be fun. So, and she's only she only goes forward if this could be fun thing seems to appear. You know, it's like if it's not fun, why the hell would we, would we try it? You know, if we can avoid it. And joy is I don't know about if you know about the Hawkins um, scale of of consciousness. So David Hawkins created a scale of consciousness. Sorry, I'm going off topic here. Um, he created a a scale of consciousness that goes from I think it's shame at the bottom to um, love basically so what human consciousness they go and joy is just before love so it's like and it's way more easier to attain joy you know you just need a joke basically (laughs) and you can start laughing and if you can connect with this joy, it will uplift the whole of your life. And I think, yeah, maybe my 18-year-old was a little too serious. Thank you for being on the podcast. It has been so interesting. And I will have all your links and everything in the show notes so people can, you know, look out for you on social media and everything. Thank but you. do you have any parting words that you would like to leave us with? Oh, I think I would go with don't forget you're creating your life. So do it wisely and, and with the most fun you can add in there. You are Love the it. creator. You are not a victim of circumstances ever. And thank you very much for having me. I had a blast. <laughs> thank you so much. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Leaving a rating and review helps to improve rankings in iTunes. It shows engagement, which may attract sponsors, and it is essential for the podcast to be discovered by new listeners. Plus, it would mean the world to me. 
Thanks again. Until next time, live inspired.